Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Andy, what do we like today? Well, as usual on a Friday, we liked Martin Kellner and Mike Ward. Yeah. Uh, Ali Ross popped in, full of TV critics today. Uh, and interesting story from Ireland. That yeah, was good. yeah, yeah. About the old boss of the FAI. Very intriguing stuff. Uh, is that all? I think it is. We, it? Had, a, we had a chat. Yeah. And uh, what's becoming known as the Trini Lopez affair. You'll yeah, hear all of that. That's right. Yeah, but you can't wait, kids. Here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Ah, good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And uh, I switched between uh, England and Scotland last night. I managed yeah. to miss two goals, England goals, brilliantly doing it. And uh, <laughs> so annoying when you do that. And, You're best uh, not doing it. I, th- I believe well, mate Max Rushton, he had the three, he had the three um, TVs going. And even then he had to miss one of the that. countries. It's yeah. like red zone. I can't concentrate. Like one game at a time. But it was interesting with Connor Cody. He had a good game and, of course, he scored. And Sam Matterface was telling us it was 462 games between goals for Connor Cody, which mm. when you think that he plays for Wolves, and he's a centre-half and goes out for corners and set plays with a team that got players like Neves and Traore and yeah. Johnny and people who can really put Are the you ball saying in. is he all that? No, it's you're expecting more goals from yeah, him. I'm just saying, yeah, I'm just saying it's a curiosity, isn't it, that he yeah. hasn't scored more, really? That's no, all. it's true, because he, I mean, he had a couple of chances last night mm. and he got in good position, so you would imagine that would happen more often, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, we'll talk to Ali Ross about the Scottish game, it was Scotland game, it was yeah. oh, one of the worst games I've ever seen. It wasn't great, I only watched was the last 15 minutes and extra time, it was But sometimes desperate. it's just to be, you know, if they can turn it on in the next game, then all, all will be forgiven, but it was, uh, I mean, the players were saying, you know, without the fans mm. there, they said they felt it would be more difficult Difficult about the Tartan Army, so we'll chat to Ali later. Who is? Yeah, it might make an away game a bit Tartan easier. Army. That's true. And of course, my old friend uh, Rabbi Matondo was playing for Wales, and uh, he <laughs> oh, very yeah. happy the game wasn't last week on Yom Kippur. It would have been difficult. It would have been. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it's Rabbi Andy. I, think, I, know, I, 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 I know. I know. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and well done to Sam Matterface. Our own Sam Matterface had a good game. I enjoyed yeah. listening to his commentary. He had one very good line actually about uh, the fact that Douglas Ross, the uh, Conservative MP, yeah, and Scott he was leader running the, the line. He? Running the line, he said, "It's lucky that there isn't a crowd, and otherwise the front benches would have given him a warm welcome." Yeah, they, you know, they would. Good, yes, yeah, good. I've been thinking that. I mean, he did an old firm game, didn't he? And mm. um, I was just thinking, you know, it's sort of generally that bit of govern. 
uh, I think it was at uh, Ibrox, wasn't it? I think not. They're not massively, not massively keen. <laughs> yeah, so he might have got a bit of clog. Yeah, yeah, not not great. And uh, what else have I got here? Hang on, Snooker's Mark Williams. This is an odd story. He had his uh, card cloned. You know how they take your credit card. Oh yeah. And before uh, he could do anything about it, the the thieves got away with eight pairs of trainers. Well, perhaps you might expect that. Nine pairs of slippers, which yeah. is quite an odd thing. A day at a spa, <laughs> eight Just Eat takeaway orders, a Sainsbury's grocery shop, and a kitchen sink plus taps. <laughs> so they basically took everything, including the kitchen sink. <laughs> Very good. They really did. Yeah, they did. What a thing to do. I know. And, uh, That's an interesting spender. Just a very interesting spender. Really weird. I, I had a weird one of those where someone got into one of my accounts and ordered some uh, some games. Some uh, on on this was a good few years ago on CDs, but they weren't master criminals because they were sent to me. Oh, games were sent to my address. I thought they were planning to come round and have a game with me. Yeah, well, I did think that. So about I contacted this. the company and said, "Do you want to come pick these up?" Because you know, I, yeah. they they admitted that it, something had gone on. But that was a very yeah, not rational. I mean, presumably the kitchen it's, had to be <laughs> delivered. The kitchen sink plus taps. Yeah. So you'd imagine that the police will know who these people were. It's a very strange one, really. Yeah. Anyway, we'll it's see. It's kind of a sporting develops. story. Uh, well, something, was, really. Andy, have you, ever, have you ever had a wardrobe malfunction? Have you ever had one of those moments Do where you want a Janet Jackson? Situation. Well, yeah, that, yeah, but yeah, maybe an accidental one. Have you had one of those where you've just, as they say in um, Alan Partridge, popped out of the side no, or something? I, you I, can't remember. No, I can't say I have. No, not okay. really. No. Well, I've, it's in the news today because Jessica Robinson, twenty-nine. Did you see this? Oh, I love this story. Yeah, yeah. she did thirty length at the swimming pool with her bum out. She said, "Yeah, um, she's swimming away." It was only at the end of it she realised. Do you like her turn of phrase? She had a wonderful. large rip in her costume. <laughs> Got to twenty-four and thought, "Smash it, go for 30. Get to the end. The woman says, "Excuse me, love, think your cosy's ripped. Reach round, and all my backside is not quite what she yes, said." No. She's uh, been behind me with my backside bobbing up and down like a boy, doing breaststrokes so legs are going like Kermit. It took me a bit of time to work out what she meant by Jessica that. Jessica got over her embarrassment by going back to the pool in Atherton, Great Manchester, a few days later, but said she nearly got herself a swimming cap and goggles <laughs> as a disguise. But they wouldn't recognise your face, would they? Not really, uh, no. Jessica, let's be honest. <laughs> so if, if you've got a few tales of the wardrobe malfunction within you know, mm. the realms of taste, considering it's lunchtime and stuff, do let us know. No, the Jessica Robinson situation is Glenn is probably already calling it. Talksport.com, text 1889, tweet uh, T-S-H-A-N-D-J. More, more news of the uh, Duke of Kent. Oh, yeah, good yeah, news. He's yeah. not just Wimbledon. He's the Chancellor of the University of Surrey, held a meeting with the, uh, the sort of top brass there yesterday, yeah. and uh, they're offering now degrees in tennis... <laughs> green green grass court care and strawberry cultivation. Oh, is that right? Good. Oh, fantastic. Good it's unlikely. Uh, Brooklyn Beckham, has, uh, we've been hearing plans about his wedding and uh, to uh, Nicola Peltz, isn't it? I think yeah. she's very wealthy anyway. But uh, romantic Brooklyn proposed with a £150,000 ring he designed himself, wow. but only asking her dad for his blessing and his dad for the money, I'd imagine. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Maybe he's got it himself. Might have his own cash, Andy. Yes. You don't know. You don't know. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Joining us now to reflect on... A very entertaining uh, game between God. <laughs> we saw Scotland and Israel. Scotland advanced to the finals of the playoffs and potentially a place in England's group in the Euros. That would be exciting. That would be exciting. Tartan Army foot soldier 
um, furloughed at the moment, along with the rest of the Tartan Army. Ali Ross, Sun TV uh, columnist. Good afternoon, Ali. Hello, you cheeky monkeys. Well, there, there, <laughs> there may be some people waking up uh, this morning thinking, I didn't see the game last night, I'll watch it. But the best thing no. is, just spool through the pens. So, yeah. so it's really two hours of your life you'll never get back. It's, it's four hours and five minutes, <laughs> if you include the preamble. Yeah, it's a shocking game. They, once again, we look like we'd only just been introduced to each other before kickoff. It was a hoof up the park to Lyndon Dykes, who chested it down for someone who wasn't there. <laughs> Good tactic. For 120 minutes. Um, yeah, but we can take a penalty. Oh, you can. Oh, they were great. Yeah, How often, Ali, have you seen Scotland play person. really well mm. and lose? Wouldn't you rather just have the odd duffer and, and come away with the win? It's about the result sometimes, isn't it? The first part of the question, how many times have I seen Scotland play well? <laughs> Can you get, were you going to say seven? Can you give me an actual, an actual three. number? Three. <laughs> three. Okay. Three. Twice in Lithuania away. <laughs> Forget the other one. Um, yeah, you'd, I suppose you'd settle for that. But there's a lot of work to be done before mm. you you take on a team like Serbia, yeah. who uh, can be a bit cranky. They get weird results, but they've got some good players. So if we play like that, we'll we'll get beaten three 0 I'd imagine. No crowd might help a bit, you know, sort of because it's quite a hostile place to play. And uh, mm-hmm. but it was interesting because uh, when Liam Cooper hit the post and with that sort of hundred nineteenth minute header, oh, yeah, that, I thought yeah. I wrote down over there, and you know, Scotland are going out now. And so fair enough to them actually. It would have been easy to you know to lose the momentum and lose the penalty shootout. But that first save was sensational, and they really did hold their nerves. So you've got to give them credit for that. Yeah, apparently they had done the homework. Is it, I think Stevie Woods, uh, the coach. I'd, I'd watched the video, I was told him which way to dive, because um, as a Javi's the regular penalty taker, and it did the trick. So, um, yeah, no, they prepared something well, <laughs> if not the rest of it. You watched that, Andy? I did. I, I turned over after it was 2-0. I watched 15 minutes of the first half, then I turned over after 2-0, watched the rest of the game, which was about the last 15 minutes. And then when it, You're talking about England. No, no, I'm talking about, yeah, I turned over at England's game, and then I yeah. watched about that 45 minutes of it. It was just... Oh, we've got a Scott... Uh, Scott, a Scottish bloke in the office here and one of the bosses here and he just said that was the worst game of football he'd ever seen in his life <laughs> Fair enough, and you won yeah it's incredible um, was that Callum yeah it was Callum yes it was Callum yeah mm. <laughs> His normal cheerful demeanour wouldn't be the same. Yeah. <laughs> now, but I, I take your point about about. Sorry, I put you through that, Andy. It, it's going to be <laughs> a okay. tough. It's going to be a tough final. But the, the old carrot of it being in England's group, I think we'll spur mm. them on. That would be that would be very exciting. And if we let's, let's get into dreamland and say we can have lots of fans there because there's a working vaccine, wouldn't that wouldn't that be a joy? <laughs> yeah, you described that as a carrot. England sound like a really hefty stick at the moment. To me. <laughs> yeah, good side. And I, I, the disappointment of all this is having waited so long to be in a position to qualify for a tournament that it's, it's not in one country. Mm. I mean, I'd love to be going to Spain or have Italy or Germany or something like that to look forward to. But the games are at hand and, and Wembley. Yeah. With, you know. Yeah, it's a shame, really, because yeah. the travelling and everything is all a big part of it. So exactly. I did feel for you this week because uh, <laughs> part of your duty is to watch the Steph McGovern show. Oh, <laughs> honestly, I just watched that. She starts today's show by asking, 
what TV shows from the past would you like to bring back? <laughs> well, whatever was on in your slot. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we're on when she's on, so I've never had the pleasure. So, no, um... I did watch a bit when we were off. I think it's it's not it's not great. And then one day she had no viewers at all, which I thought I mean, was they keep, they quite keep, a fine how can achievement. You actually, record that at any point. I mean, or, or I did not say to my wife, that. who looked at this person and thought, "Here's the person to present at lunchtime." chat show I, I, I don't know. know I don't know it's odd isn't it really well, but, okay it, it's the weird one it hasn't worked she was she had a guy with an owl on his arm and one of those big leather gloves the day before oh yeah yeah and it, it introduced this is Neil from Whitby Falconry Centre what do you do Falconry <laughs> <laughs> really it was the owl yeah. not a clue yeah <laughs> not even seemed to have picked up the basics yeah I know it's incredible it's quite partridge really. Neil from the Whitby uh, Falconry <laughs> Centre is. isn't it really it's, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, it's, you know, it probably does devour quite a lot of material that sort of time slot, I would think. So, yeah. you're up against nothing, boys. You're yeah. going to clean up. Here. <laughs> so, um, it's look, it's it's going to be tough mm. against Serbia, as, as you've said, but um, you'll have a few players back, hopefully, and uh, there yeah, seems to be a good yeah. team spirit there. I mean, are you pleased with Steve Clark and the job he's doing? The jury's still about because we just haven't had one decent performance while he's been manager. And he, he seems to play people like McTominay out of position and uh, it, it doesn't really look like it's working at the moment. And he's, he's also reluctant to bring in youngsters. We'd, we'd all been hoping before he got injured that Billy Gilmore would just, just stick him in. Come on. He's, he's clearly got it. He's nearly uh, back, actually. You'll be pleased to know. He's only about four yeah. weeks away now. And uh, I think the Tierney thing is just... I know we've got rules. I know we have. But it's a really, it really does illustrate the inconsistency of everything. He passed the test. He was distanced from the bloke who actually got it. And he was prepared to get a private car back to Arsenal. And all that's been denied. He's got to stick around in Scotland for 14 days. It does seem a bit much. Yeah, it, it's ludicrous. There doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to this. And... It's just one thing after another. Whatever else Steve Clark does, he looks to bring back Lee Griffiths for the, the game against Serbia because the fans are, just from the, looking at the forums, are crying out for that to be done. Right. And yeah. is that is that likely to happen, you think? We don't have a lot up front, mm. um, so I don't see why not. Yeah. Good stuff. Ali, lovely yeah, to talk to you. Good. Have a good weekend. Stuff, In, enjoy all the fine TV on offer. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, and the column he's not allowed to watch fine TV or no he cast not he's not he's there for he's excellent <laughs> column every Tuesday if you get a chance to read it and it sounds always very funny the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh, it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. From Talksport, Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talksport, and uh, unfortunately, Republic of Ireland uh, lost on pens last night and failed to qualify mm-hmm. for that uh, Euro 2020 playoff final, which is a blow to fans of football in Ireland and indeed uh, the FAI's coffers, which Very are so. not in great nick at the moment. Uh, we know this from a new book called uh, Champagne Football. Mark Ty and Paul Rowan, two uh, journalists from the Irish Sunday Times, did a fantastic job. Um, telling the story of uh, the now infamous, probably more infamous than he'd like to be, John Delaney. It's John Delaney and the betrayal of Irish football, the inside story. I'm very pleased to say Mark joins us now. Good afternoon, Mark. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. pleasure. The book has been a big seller, I see. You're into about three reprints. I mean, it's interesting. It's a book, effectively, you'd say on the face of it, about football administrator, not that sexy a subject. But reading the book and realising just how much of a celebrity John Delaney was. He did Strictly in Ireland, didn't he? Well, yeah, they did a, a charity Strictly event. Mm. Um, it was a fundraiser for a John Giles Foundation, um, a kind of a, char- a charitable type uh, event. And you know, John Delaney was both the compare and the contestant in it. And uh, <laughs> there was pictures all over the Irish media, you know, of him with leggy dancers, models, and uh, he met his future fiance there. And uh, this is one of the kind of a number, a series of uh, publicity events he did, you know, where he's promoting himself as this larger-than-life character that you wouldn't see in football associations anywhere else in the world. What made you investigate the story in the first place? John Delaney, he he ruled the FBI for 15 years, and uh, he'd been very secretive. The association had been very secretive, and they'd taken a lot of court actions in Ireland. Um, John Delaney had personally sued a lot of media organisations, and... I'm a news reporter and my colleague Paul is a sports reporter, a soccer correspondent, and um, there was always a whiff around the FAI's finances. We, we suspected we have this big stadium in Dublin, the Aviva Stadium, and um, when they built it with the Irish Rugby Football Union, the tickets didn't sell out. The FAI were looking to sell tickets at a cost of €32,000 over 10 years, and they just didn't sell them, and there was always a suspicion that the FAI's finances were in deep trouble. But what Delaney did was insist that no, look, it's all fine, and we'll be debt-free by 2020. It was kind of a mantra he had. So we dug in and we were asking questions, and then uh, in March last year, I got a tip off that Delaney had actually had to bail out the association, his employer, to the tune of €100,000, and that caused him to run to the High Court to uh, seek uh, an injunction to prevent us doing the story, and thankfully, uh, with some very good lawyers in the Sunday Times, and uh, we got a good senior counsel and a good judge, and late on St. Patrick's Eve here, uh, kind of a, a night for partying in Dublin, but we got this judgment in our favour and we got the story out there and all hell broke loose from there on. He he was, it seems he was desperate to be popular, wasn't he, over at various tournaments, I think it was over at, at um, Euro 2016, he'd, the drinks are on me lads, he'd get in with the fans and, and, and be one of the boys and buy everybody a pint and the word would get out there, it was, 
it was an interesting approach because you don't normally get that Bert Millichip didn't do a great deal of that I think when he was at the FA <laughs> no yeah it was in uh, 2012 actually in Poland oh, yeah right. John Delaney I was there as a fan and mm. you know you'd see him going around and word would spread among the Irish fans that Delaney's in the pub next door with free drinks you know and people would run in and he, he was just like at one stage Ireland lost 4-0 to Spain it was a horrible game for Ireland but Delaney was on the out on the lash basically and uh, extolling the fans saying well, I'm sorry we let you down but you're the effing best fans in the world um, and he was clearly the worst aware for himself he famously got carried home on the shoulders of a number of fans and lost his shoes and uh, but when he was when he was challenged about this he was saying you know what other CEO would get treated like that by their fans you know held up on their shoulders he saw this as a, a badge of pride you know so he was a guy who kind of had a very large ego and didn't have a kind of an embarrassment gene was he popular with the fans? I mean, apart from sort of moments mm. like that, what did what did they make of him? What did they make of? Because obviously, you've uncovered most of this. They probably didn't realise the sort of things that you uncovered were going on. So, did they think he was a good guy? There was it was kind of a, a split between Irish fans, and it got quite frosty. And uh, there was a lot of uh, heave hoes between fans. Like a lot of fans, he would have gone to their you know AGMs and splashed out tickets and free drink again and they would have very much been loyal to him and supported him. But then there was fans who were asking, you know, very clever fans who were asking corporate governance questions, questions about finance. And, you know, they would hold uh, protests against Delaney. But, you know, he'd get the Irish Gardaí or the, the uh, Stewarts in the Aviva Stadium to clamp down on them or even at away games that have flag seas. So there, there was a real split between the fans that were doubting Thomas's and those that were, you know, Delaney had kept on side effectively and had their loyalty. So there was a there was a real split between the Irish supporters for, for many years until until the, the full extent of what happened. And you know, the, one of the things we uncovered in the book was he had a fiftieth birthday party where it was a James Bond theme. He had Alexander Seferin, the UEFA president, over in um, Mount Juliet, a, a well heeled golf club in in rural Ireland, and you know he had a ice sculptor made out of a Walter PPK. He had uh, waiters dressed up like James Bond baddies, and this whole this whole thing was on the FAI's uh, cost. It was eighty thousand euro. He repaid fifty grand of it, but left the FAI with this tab, you know, for this amazing lavish event where you had the great and good of Irish society. There, you had a, a video tribute from Alex Ferguson, and, and the Irish president wrote a letter to him. So he really was this larger than life character and you know the football administrators who I spoke to were there going well who's paying for this you know <laughs> and it was, it was only later that we, we said well actually it was the FAI paid for that John repaid some of it but the FAI still picked up a substantial wow. tab for that for that lavish event why does this happen it's not the first time we've seen this with uh, f- football administrators um I mean have you looked at some of the reasons why you think this kind of thing happens yeah, I suppose th- there's always a problem with Blazers in, in every sport, um, you know, getting too much power. Like John Delaney came from the grassroots. He was involved in Waterford, um, a regional club here in the League of Ireland, and uh, he rose to become an executive. You know, he was hired as the CEO back in 2004. But it's a problem you see around the world with FIFA. And it was kind of ironic that John Delaney would have been quite out there and forthright criticising Sepp Blatter and all the corruption in, in FIFA. And yet he rose to such high uh places himself with UEFA you know and he, he was he was never shy to criticize others all the while like as we say in the book you know he spent over half a million euro on his FEI credit card over less than five years and 125 of that was found to be personal expenses so yeah I suppose it's, it's a it's a problem about power being vested too much in one person and no checks and balances being put in there corporate governance isn't a sexy thing you know but it's very important to have a finance director or an auditor that can say hang on 
why is that money going to a birthday party or why is that money going on your personal rent or your sure. credit card? So the, these corporate governance isn't so something that's high on the priority list for organizations like FIFA, UEFA or the FAI in this case. Well, that's been the case in the past. And this is the problem. These are the stories that come out of it if you don't have those checks. And finally, Mark, um, what state are the uh, FAI's mm. coffers in at the moment and how much of a blow was not having the chance to qualify for next year's Euros after losing last night? Yeah, they're in very bad stage. Not not only like there was a 2.7 million euro tax bill arising from unpaid um, expenses and, and stuff that wasn't declared properly under the Delaney era, but losing out last night is going to cost the FAI, you know, 10 million of income they would have got. We're going to host games in Dublin, unfortunately, and Ireland aren't going to be there. So they're very much reliant on the Irish state to bail them out and UEFA to, to guarantee a new loan they got from the Bank of Ireland. So it's it's kind of years of decades now of um, paying back these debts is the future for the FAI. Well, good to talk to you, Mark. Uh, and thanks very much for joining us. Delighted, yeah. Thanks very much, guys. Mark Tyne, Paul Rowan have written Champagne Football, John Delaney and the Betrayal of Irish Football. was published by Penguin. We said very big seller in Ireland. And a, a fascinating story. A forensic job they have done. Much too... Yeah, uh, amazing story. Yeah, Mr Delaney's displeasure, as he proved a few times. Anyway, very, very interesting read. It's uh, Paul Hawksby, Annie Jacobs here on TalkSport. And um, all really you've done, you and uh, Ali Ross, is driven people to go and watch oh, Steph's pack Max. Max Rushton switched over straight away. He said they were reviewing a hoodie slash blanket and hand warmers. You may have lost me forever. <laughs> so well done, Andy. We're losing audience, thanks to you. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Ben Jacobs here on TalkSport. Clips of the week. Todd Macklin, Mike Ward with a pick of the non-sporting telly, but with a week of uh, sport on TV now. It's Martin Kellner. Good afternoon, Martin. Good afternoon, boys. You all right? Yeah, yes. we're, we're not too bad, Martin. Yeah. What, what good, have you good. been watching this week? Well, we were talking last week, I think, about uh, Jackie Stallone, uh, whose uh, obit was in most of the papers. Um, and she was a promoter for something called GLOW, uh, which stands for Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Oh, yeah. There was that um, for a Netflix series, wasn't there? A, a, there was, absolutely it. right. Mm. It, I mean, it was initially a TV show in the 80s, and then uh, there was a documentary in 2002. Uh, and then there's a Netflix series, which uh, well, it started in 2017, but mm. still sort of going. They're all there on uh, Netflix. Um, so I had a look at that, having you know, having read all about Jackie Stallone, I thought it'd be interesting to know what it was all about. Uh, don't watch with the kids, though. Um, it's mildly pornographic, I think is the oh, point. Okay. <laughs> well, it, it's women wrestling, but there's uh, there's a sort of backstory, and it's uh, it's not for the kiddies. I okay. would have said. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> yeah, basically. basically. Um, but it's, it's, it, I mean, she's an interesting character, Jackie Stallone. And mm. as I said, all the obits were in the papers. She was in obviously the um, uh, Celebrity Big Brother program. Yeah. Uh, she invented rumpology. Have you heard of rumpology? That was rum of the Bailey. Rumpology of the Bailey. <laughs> rumpology. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's an astrological thing. It's a way of reading people's fortunes, not looking at their. It's like palm reading, except you mm. don't look at the palm. You look at their you backside. At the sort of, correct. You okay. uh, examine the bumps and crevices. Um, okay. Wow. 
Yeah, tell whether you're nothing. going on a long journey. There was an old joke about that that I possibly can't tell at this time of day. <laughs> Go on, Paul. No, I can't. Uh, yeah. You would, Martin. We know. Yeah, yeah, you would. You're lethal, so. but I, you know, I, I can't. <laughs> but anyway, it's fun. I have to yeah. say, it is fun. This Netflix series. I never thought watching. I mean, the whole point of of the original uh, 1980s thing is it was a wrestling promotion. It was mainly um, would be actresses stunt ladies that sort of thing mm. who wanted to get into showbiz so they weren't wrestlers at all but wrestlers were brought in to um train them in the moves and such like and it's got an actress called Alison Brie who's yeah. very very good a real name Alison Brie Schremerhorn but she <laughs> dropped the Schremerhorn as it were got the Schremerhorn um, hashtag got the Schremerhorn yeah okay. I never knew that Schremerhorn that's, that's that's really interesting I never knew that mm. um, yeah yeah anyway she but she, <laughs> she she wrestled under the name in the program of Ruth Zoya the Destroyer Wilder mm. um she's in Mad Men actually she Alison is in Mad Men yeah she was in Community yeah. as well she's very good in there I've got to be honest Martin yeah. I watched two of them when it when it first was on Netflix about mm. three years ago, and I didn't stick with it. I mean, I, I just, really? Yeah, I just wonder if this is a bit of a byproduct of streaming things. Sometimes you think you watch a couple and you think, do I want to commit? I've done that a lot do I want to commit another five yeah. hours of my mm. life? I'm not sure I do. I'm not. I'm not that invested in them. I, I quite enjoyed it, but not enough to to keep going really. I've, um, no, I, I would say the same thing. I would say to anybody, you know, watch one or two yeah. and you'll quite enjoy them. You wouldn't want to watch Unless you're that desperately interested and invested in the characters, you wouldn't watch the whole thing. Now, I'm, I'm with you on that, but, it, you know, it's mildly diverting. No, it was sport, so that's what I was drawn to. And, of course, they bully you into it because they start showing the next episode almost as yes. soon as the first ones, and then you're there, aren't you? You're stuck. <laughs> you end up with the binging Absolutely. situation. Now, yeah. uh, one for you for next week, Martin. We're going to watch it as well. Uh, oh, I think you uh, dropped this week. It's called The Playbook. Yeah. Uh, it's a five-part oh, yeah. series about that, yeah. coach. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's about different... Each one is on a different coach. Jose's know, in one of them. Well, we've isn't seen it? a lot about Jose and All, all yeah. or Nothing, but still, we'll, I'll, I can't get enough of him. No, so I'm sure it'll yeah. be very entertaining. Well, they use him on the trailer. So, he, you know, I've seen the trailer for Playbook uh, with him sitting in a chair saying he doesn't want to talk about other coaches. Oh. Not much, he doesn't. That's but, the whole idea um, of the show, though, isn't it? <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. You think it would have worked out he got, before he got there? I'm not really going to talk about any other coaches. Yeah. Well, they've got yeah. some good people. They've got some really top American coaches. It looks quite a good show, that. so uh, Definitely. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I intended to watch that anyway. Uh, also been watching, I know, uh, as you have, I'm sure, Andy, the tennis on Eurosport, <laughs> uh, the, the French Open. Not one but, shot. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, it's talking of shots, actually. Uh, it's presented by Barbara Shett. Oh. And they they all, as we've said before, oh, it yes. really ought to be called Game Shett and Match. Yeah. But they won't, they won't, we won't do that. We won't be doing TV formats for her, though, will we? <laughs> no, no precisely. strategy, that would be. But well done, Eurosport, because obviously with the social distancing and all that sort of thing, difficult, you can't get people into the studio for interviews. And they have this bizarre sort of worry thing that goes and then into the studio pops uh, Novak Djokovic. You know, oh, okay. and it's he's actually obviously being, uh, it's all, it looks like a hologram and it's very, very good. Right. Uh, he's obviously being interviewed somewhere else. Uh, or oh, he's listening to what Barbara Shett and Tim Henman, who are the two interviews, are saying. Um, but he, he appears to be there in the studio. It's like wow. a hologram, rather like Laurence Olivier in that musical all those years ago in the West End. Time, you wasn't know, it? The, do you, yeah, do you think time. Tim Cliff in it? Yeah. Do you think Tim yes. Herman offers Eurosport a reduced rate? Because he famously gets an absolute fortune from the BBC for doing uh, Wimbledon. 
And people, oh, always, you're a, and people yeah. are always upset about it. They say, well, why are they paying him all this, you know? Okay. He doesn't add a great deal, I agree with you. Um, but there he is, Tim Hemman, I suppose. Uh, she's great, I like her a lot. She smiles all the time. You never, ever catch her without a smile. And uh, she's bright and, it, you know, it sort of brightens up, especially when you're watching at midnight because the, uh, the match between uh, Nadal and Yannick Sinner, the young uh, Italian, um, went on till about 1.30 in the morning. Oh. Uh, and I do like to have a little flutter on tennis. Right, you know, okay. I find tennis is a good betting sport because you can bet on... Do you like going you know, on the outer courts, Martin? No, I know what you exactly qualifiers. What you, I know what you're referring to there. <laughs> um, not at all. No, of I course d- not. <laughs> I, no, I did make the mistake of betting against Nadal. He looked a bit jumpy to me in the first set. And mm. um, I bet against him because I think this Italian guy is going to Yannick Sinner is going to be uh, is going to be quite good in his day really good Um, so I put money on him I didn't realise you could still be losing money at quarter to one in the morning so uh, (laughs) please gamble responsibly please please do I just looked up Barbara Shett I'm just googling and Martha's right she's always smiling well she is well we can always get her in here when you're doing the birthday spread that and wipe the smile (laughs) off her face (laughs) what about about the feud on my five Martin what was this I watched that as well yeah I watched that Um, I enjoyed it very much it was mostly just talking heads some lovely nice shots of the Icelandic volcano um, basically what happened is that they had to go by uh, coach Barcelona had to go by coach to oh, Inter course. Milan this in was the show about um, Jose, Jose and, and Pep. Pep and I yeah. didn't mm. watch it but yeah I wish yeah. I had Yes, I well, you be. can do it. It's on my five. Oh, watch so, it. Yeah, yeah. I checked that it was still available before I started talking oh, yeah, about it. Yeah, sound good. So, yeah, it, it's, it is good because, it, well, I mean, we, we know about all the incidents, but they're all brought together. Um, they, as they've got older, the, there's been less of that antipathy between them. But uh, Chris Sutton, if you want to take um, what he says with any authority, because he thinks it's still, he says, it's a, he's not my favourite pundit, I have to say. He says it's still unfinished business. And he thinks that the uh, when City plays Spurs, the um, the rivalry, the antipathy, the hatred, mm. etc., between Pep and uh, and Jose will be revived. I've I've got my doubts myself. But some good talking heads in it. Graham Hunter's in it. And I think anything oh, yeah. that Graham Hunter's done, I've talked about before I've known about his famous intros that he used to do in the mail on Sunday he's very good uh, he is very good so he was in it and anybody you want to know Steve McManaman was in it talking about the history you know and how it's so political between uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid um, Steve as we know is a reader in modern history at the uh, University of uh, <laughs> you know anyway but Steve was was quite entertaining he did on play that. for he, them Martin. he played he did, of he course he did I know I'm being played City under Jose yeah they must have done haven't they Oh, oh that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, we beat them. Steve yeah. Bergwijn scored. Oh yeah, Bergwijn. That's right. It was debut, very yeah. early. Day. Yeah, yeah. That's no, right. yeah, yeah. Don't remember it being. Martin, we're going to have to leave it there. You're on overnight. <clears throat> uh, I'm on overnight when I can talk about Scotland versus Israel, which was the other thing I sort of watched. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, we did oh, that. Uh, You'll have a bit more time to to talk about what was a highly entertaining game. <laughs> so, okay, Martin, all well, the best. Penalties always entertaining. They are the penalties were. That's very true. So, one a.m. to five a.m. Tonight and tomorrow night. Well, one a.m. to six a.m. Six a.m. Speaking, six a.m. Okay. We do a little. We do a little documentary between five and six. Oh, okay. Uh, and I can have a little lie down. That's good. Well, that's <laughs> or something. We'll catch up with you next week, Martin. Thanks yeah, very much. Excellent, excellent. There we Cheers are, Martin Keller there uh, with the week of sport on TV. I will watch the feud. He's reminded me. It sounds mm. very good. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. 
hammers. 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 Well, you get the idea. It didn't quite work, but I never got that song by Trini Lopez. If I had a hammer, well, if he if he'd had a hammer, the whole thing would have been that would be the end of it, wouldn't it? Really? Why is that? Well, he wouldn't have needed to say if I had a hammer, he'd had a hammer. Why didn't he have a hammer? I wouldn't open with that. And I'm not saying I would. I've just always been puzzled by the Trini Lopez song. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a new young comedian here in the open slot this evening. Give him a big hand. He's known to you on radio. Andy Jacobs yes. uh, comes um, out. I can't Even Trini, Trini Lopez material. That Trini Lopez, if he'd had a hammer, he would have had a hammer. He wouldn't. <laughs> if he said he'd. Yeah. Thanks okay. very much. Good night. <laughs> uh, I shan't bother. Greg, <laughs> Greg Fieldmouse. Uh, these are all people that had clips uh, played this week. Greg Fieldmouse, Harry Durham, Alan Jenkins, Jack and the Brain, uh, Bob from Arbroath, Ali, um, Roger in Durham, Stone. Um, Darren McAntony, that can't be right. Who put that in there? Um, AB, that's not, I'm not doing that one either. Most of these are just made up. What's he doing? Uh, Jeff Peters, that's for real. He that did, have, he did clip, have one in. That, yeah. that was the, we should thank Jeff for the excellent uh, Abraham Lincoln. That was very good. Mm. Uh, Rufus and many others besides, I'm not prepared to read out because it's getting beyond a joke, to be honest. Mm. But anyway, if you, if you have had a clip on this week, uh, please do I'd send a clip. If, if I had a clip. Well, if you had a clip, you wouldn't need a clip, would he? Is that, I don't, if you had a toolbox. I still don't quite understand it? what you were getting at, Andy, if you, with Trini Lopez. I don't quite know I'll explain to you. Okay, sure. thank you. So, if you hear a clip on TalkSport over the next uh, seven days, please do send it to us. TalkSport.com, text 81089, tweet TS We'll need a day and a time when it's played. Pretty straightforward. And if it's uh, played on the show, you will get uh, a credit, like some of those people who apparently are real. And uh, if, if you'd like to hear them again, they'll be available to listen to as a podcast at around five o'clock this evening, along with the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We put a fresh one of those out every day so uh, just remind if you hear one on TalkSport over the forthcoming seven days TalkSport.com text 81089 tweet TSH&J with a day and a time well uh, will we catch a mid George Formby let's find out we're going to get an update on the tennis now from Lisa O'Sullivan are you ukulele free this afternoon Lisa I am ukulele free Uh, in my defence that was moving into the 15th hour of broadcasting on Tuesday (laughs) well I'm not I'm not I enjoyed it I thought it was (laughs) started at 10 in the morning and finished at half past one in the morning I know you were doing a sterling (laughs) job yeah God, horrendous. I think I can get Frank Skinner on because he can play the banjolele much better. He can. Oh, is that a banjolele you've got? Ah. No, no, mine's a ukulele. Oh, is, I, I haven't got the skills for a banjolele. <laughs> I think you need extra fingers for that. Um, <laughs> and lessons, obviously, would be more useful as well. <laughs> so, um, Rafa Nadal is in control against Diego Schwartzman, the number two seed, 6-3-4-2, and he is now 15-40 uh, four, uh, up on Diego Schwartzman's serve. So looking for a double break in this second set. Uh, We thought it was going to be a bit closer than this, but Rafa Nadal obviously has decided he needs to get the job done as soon as possible. So far, so good for the man chasing a 13th Roland Garros title. 6-3-4-2, he leads. So what is your point, Andy, just before we speak to Rupert? If he had a hammer... Who? Trini Lopez. Trini Lopez. He wouldn't have to say, if I had a hammer, he'd already have a hammer. 
And why hasn't he got a hammer? No, but the boy hasn't got a hammer. That's the whole point. Well, why hasn't he got a hammer? Well, I don't Everyone's know. Everyone's got a Maybe hammer. Maybe the hammer shop was closed. <laughs> Who hasn't got a hammer? What's you got a hammer at home, John? Have you yeah. got... Yeah, you, you got, got a hammer room, at home? Bill, you got a root? You got, yeah, you got... Uh, yeah. Everyone's got a hammer. Okay, well, not everybody's got a hammer. <laughs> well, uh, Trini Lopez, that's an obvious... Rupert, have you got a hammer at home? Is he there? Where's he gone? <laughs> hello. Oh, hello, Rupert. Just before we get the golf, I mean, let's, let's nail this one. So we, we need a nail and a hammer, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course Most point having a nail that hammer. <laughs> exactly. So um, have you got a hammer at home? I imagine you've got quite a selection, haven't you? Uh, I've got a lot of hammers. I don't know what I do with them. I, I get someone to use it instead. You, you, a little man comes uh, <laughs> around and does all your work, doesn't he? Uh, that's about the size of it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Well, plenty of international football on um, the TV this week. And indeed, we're going to bring you some gonna game, read Max's games on TalkSport. Oh, yes, I am. All right. Sorry about that. I suppose I should. Yeah, Max Rushton has been in touch. Um, he's been listening to us and, of course, watching Steph's pack lunch. <laughs> he did. And he said, surprisingly, and the bizarre thing is they did a whole section on <laughs> Trini Lopez, Makita Oliver has a hammer. <laughs> Steph McGovern has a hammer. Russell Kane has a hammer. So, oh, no hammer. No hammer. No hammer for Russell. I'd be surprised at that. Thank you very much for that, Max. Anyway, yes, we move on to, let's, as we're doing a straw poll of our mm. guests, and, and Andy's done his uh, opening Trini Lopez section that really will wow the O2 when it's reopened. Even Macca says, has he got a hammer or not? Who? <laughs> Trini Lopez. No, he's uh, not any moist. He's sadly no longer with us. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, Mike Ward uh, from the Star, Brighton supporting uh, mm. TV uh, reviewer. Um, good afternoon, Mike. Good afternoon, guys. Uh, you, you strike me as a man with a hammer. Yeah, you've got a hammer, haven't got you? A hammer. I, I, um, I don't know where it is. <laughs> okay. If that, if that, well, that, I think that's significant. I don't want to borrow it. I'm just interested no, no, in no, if you've no, got one. But I think that's. I think if you don't know where your hammer is, you may as well not have a hammer. Is my. Wow, well, that's mm. quite profound. That that yeah. feels. That's quite. Yeah, I like that. Mm. You interviewed anyway, Ashley Campbell, daughter of Glenn, this morning. Was in yes. the Daily Star. Yeah. It sounds quite. Was it a nice album? Yeah, very nice. Very okay. nice and uh, very, very, uh, very talented woman. Yeah, really. Oh good. wow. Okay. Now yeah, talking yeah. of talent, it, John Lennon's 80th birthday on BBC Four tonight. Yeah. That is being uh, celebrated. Isn't it is. It's been celebrated with a lot of stuff that's been on before, so there's nothing new, but there's quite a lot of interesting things among it. You've got... Uh, they're re-showing Hard Day's Night, which is a great film. Oh, it's very good, yeah. the, the, mm. the Beatles sort of film debut, which um, I think is voted... Even now, if they do a sort of top 100... That might on, be know, film Buster, Friday night, yeah. Put it up there in... The, in, in you know, and it's got Wilfred Bramble in it. Yeah, of course Stemto, it has, is yeah, it? Yeah. Paul McCartney's dad, I think. Um, John Lennon's special, Top of the Pop special, that was, I think, done about 20 years ago, but it was... Uh, all his solo stuff. Um, and then the, the big thing is the uh, Lennon and the New York Years, which is a documentary that I think was shown about 10 years ago initially, and that's a bit you know, about when he moved with Yoko uh, in 1971 to, uh, to New York, uh, mm. where, from which he never returned, of course. And it no. talks about how he mm. often pined for home and when people came across, he wanted stories from home because obviously you know, he felt um, he missed it on so many levels. He did a, a brilliant thing when, when mm. uh, Bob Harris was on with us a little while ago talking mm. with Manchester United and more. He, uh, Bob went over when he made the rock and roll album and Bob yes. went over and spent some time with them. I don't know if any of that's on the, the Top of the Pops 2 special. Well, I think, yeah. Doing slipping um, in a sliding mm. and things like that. It was yes. really good. Yeah, Bob's put really a couple of photos stuff. on Instagram today. Did you Stand By Me as well on that John. album? Anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really stand By Me was on that. And, uh, yeah, Which is like, got him posing on the leather record. jacket on the cover. That's it, yeah, 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 in the doorway. So a, cra- yeah. a cracking, uh, cracking documentary, that. I mean, if it, I think it's still available somewhere. But anyway, hopefully that'll be part of it. So that's 730 
um, BBC Four uh, tonight, and it's a, a kind of whole evening, I take it, Mike, is it? Uh, yeah, pretty much, and it sort of goes on from seven thirty. You know, there's right. the sort of uh, early Beatles stuff after after that as well. So um, yeah, you can just settle back and just watch Beatles stuff around and then. There, yeah, uh, so Britain's Got Talent final. I, I, I don't watch. I've got to be honest. I've not seen a minute of it. So I oh, mean, I what, have. It's what, been some, some has, good it, has it been quite yeah. good? This yeah, year? I mean, they've done okay to sort of muddle through when everything went, you know, went pear shaped and, and and COVID kicked in and everything had to be put on hold. So mm. they did the semi-finals in a pre-recorded way, but they, you know, Ant and Deck living in their own bubble meant that they could be back on stage together, and they've got the judges. Um, uh, uh, with Ashley Banjo sitting in for Simon, as we said before, uh, have picked their favourites, and then the public have been voting for their favourites. So there's basically ten acts altogether. The prize is still the same. I don't know. I was trying to find out. This prize is still a slot of the Royal Variety performance, although I'm not aware that it's happening anytime soon. So <laughs> really. you know, sometime or other, Queen will be shielding. As, as and when they do one again, it might be via Zoom. Who knows? Um, they'll get <laughs> they'll get to do whatever it is. Uh, at that and, and the two hundred fifty thousand pounds, which they'll probably appreciate more, I guess. If you were choosing, Mike, who, who would you pick? Uh, uh, Ma- Ma- Magician Magical Bones, because oh. he's called Magical Bones. I don't even know if it's a woman. I've got no idea. I haven't watched that one. Who's <laughs> just look at the lineup. Just this, huh? uh, there's a, I don't know because there are a lot of magicians on all of which my wife absolutely loved. I thought the comedian was good last week. Yeah, he was very yeah, good. I he was fun. I I think it's um, it largely depends on what, what the uh, the viewers have put through because that's okay. a bit of a mystery at the moment. Now the big thing uh, it's Sunday night uh, we see Channel Four nine p.m. The Bridge. What, what's with this? It's not, oh. che- it's not Chelsea related, is it? Because Andy will definitely watch. <laughs> no, no, it's right. a new reality show, five part right. reality show, filmed with a bunch, basically a bunch of uh, um, a dozen competitors yeah. uh, got together. Uh, in the Welsh countryside, uh, un- not knowing what the challenge was that they'd signed up for. Mm. The challenge, with a £100,000 prize at the end of it for wow. the winner, is uh, to build, between them collaboratively, an 850-foot bridge to an island in the middle of this lake, as it were. Um, so it's all about sort of... It's like a kind of outward-bound thing where everyone mm. has to sort of muck in. And I've, I've watched a little bit of the first episode. Everyone basically argues very, very early on. So it's one of those things where you all have to sort of choose a leader and you worry it's going to get a bit Lord of the Flies if you're not careful. But basically everyone has to choose a leader and, and, and work together and use everybody's skills. Bearing in mind you've got people... One guy seems to be an engineer. One guy's an acrobat. I'm not quite sure mm. how they're going to use that, although I've... You know, if you can do 850 feet in one in one go, then that might get over the problem. And <laughs> um, um, Trisha Goddard's daughter's on it. Oh, okay. There you go. So that's a sort of celebrity connection. And uh, uh, the oldest guy's 60, and he's the guy who seems to be falling out with everybody in the early episode, but maybe that well, will you know, it's like these old <laughs> There we are. I probably will watch England, to be honest, but there we are. So, oh, I sold so, it to you. Yes, you yes. have. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. You're fulsome in your praise. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon show. We'll return on Monday. Have a fine weekend. Enjoy all the live football this week, including the England game on TalkSport. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.